Hey, Tim, how's it going? It's going great, David. I am, you know, I'm living my life, uh, you know. Are you, Tim? Ready for the Are matrix? you living your life? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm sitting here at home. But I'm making the best of a bad situation. I'm leveraging it. You know, uh, Doug Casey wrote this book called Disaster Investing or something like that back in the 70s about how you can profit from catastrophe. Yeah. And uh, I think there's ways we can profit from this catastrophe. You know, I'd start my own uh, website, for example, in my downtime, timmowen.net, by the way. Make sure you go there, sign up. All our podcasts are there. Everything. Tim Moen is there. I'm hoping to sell some merch pretty soon. I'm thinking about doing some shirts that say uh, I'm with non-essential or something like that. Pointing right. My significant other or riffing on that. Yeah. I'm even thinking about getting some silver and uh, doing some some custom silver mint coins because I think silver's going to be in high demand and I want to sell some and sell Very some nice. with, uh, you know, make a little profit off of that. But what I wanted to talk to you today about was um, I've been thinking a little bit about this. I've been seeing a lot of posts from libertarian leaning folks about things like 5G causing mm. this, all sorts of conspiracy theories going yeah. on around about this. And, uh, you know, I, I saw a couple of other libertarians complaining that they don't even want to call themselves libertarian anymore because all these people who blah, 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 right? Right. And I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, geez, what is going on here? Why, are, like, are libertarians really uh, like this? Because I came from libertarianism from a totally different perspective. I, I didn't come at it from like 9-11 truth or anything like that. Right. In fact, I came at it from the opposite of 9-11 truth. I was like, in the skeptics movement and I was debunking 9-11 truth claims and all these kinds of things and, and going through a list. And, and, you know, I, I realized that I had all these beliefs, these irrational beliefs about the nature of government. So I went from being skeptical about God claims and all these like Loch Ness and Bigfoot and 9-11 truth claims to yeah. being skeptical about. So I'm trying to, grapple with this like yeah why is it that it seems like there's a lot of libertarians out there that that are sucked into conspiracy conspirational uh theories right yeah and i i watched this i watched this uh interview uh by this author by this uh academic he's a researcher political science and psychological i think um and he he was talking about his political theory was it, it, that politics is divided into rationalists and intuitionists. All right. And I'll talk a little bit about what those are, but first, David, I want to find out if you are a rationalist or an instant uh, intuitionist. Okay. And so I'm going to ask you, Do you want uh, me to give you my immediate feedback on the names first and, or figure out what I am first. Cause I, I could guess what you are then I'll I could guess too. I have a feeling I know how this is going to go. Okay, okay. Here's the six questions that they use in a survey. On the whole, would you rather A, stick your hand in a bowl of slimy cockroaches or B, stab a photograph of your family six times? I would do either. All right. <laughs> do I have to pick one? Can I, I do them simultaneously? <laughs> You'll do them both? Yeah, I'll do them I'll both do okay. at the same time. Okay, fair enough. All right, number two. Would you rather spend the night in A, a luxurious house where a family had recently been murdered, or B, a grimy bus station? A. Three. Would you rather A, stand in line for three hours at the DMV, or B, 
secretly grind your shoe into an unmarked grave. What was B? Secretly grind your shoe into an unmarked grave. What does that mean, grind my shoe? Like just kind of put your shoe down on the unmarked grave and just kind of like stomp on it a little bit. You're not causing any actual damage to it, but you're just Oh yeah, kind of... sure, I'll do B, I guess. Although I okay. feel bad about it, but I don't right. want to sit. Stand. I also wouldn't care standing in a DMV for three hours. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Four, would you rather A, ride in a speeding car without a seatbelt, or B, yell, I hope I die tomorrow six times out loud? B. Okay. Five, would you rather A, sleep in, a la in laundered pajamas once worn by Charles Manson, or B, put a nickel in your mouth that you found on the ground? B. You'd rather put a nickel in your mouth than sleep in clean pajamas? I don't care about either, right? So I have to just pick okay. one. Okay, fair enough. But most of All these, right. I, I would do both. All right. Six. <laughs> Suppose you wanted to buy a ticket for a $500 million lottery. Would you rather buy your ticket from a nearby gas station that had A, never sold a winning ticket, but had no lines, or B, sold two winning tickets in the past three years, but had a long line? No lines. Good. Okay, so. Uh, yeah, so so you are, well, it's hard to pinpoint you because you're you're answering both, but I think you're a rationalist, right? So for example, question one, would you rather stick your hand in a slimy bowl of cockroaches or stab a photo of your family six times. I mean, stabbing your stabbing a photo of your family doesn't do anything, right? right. So a rationalist would say, well, obviously, I'm, I'm going to do that rather than stick my bowl into slimy cockroaches, right? Would you rather spend the night in a luxurious family house, house where family had been murdered or a grimy bus station? Obviously, the luxury house, right? you know, are nicer accommodations. Why wouldn't you want to stay right. there? Right, it's just in your head, right? Right. right. But where the the point of this is that an intuitionist is like, ooh, I, I, you know, I don't want right. to. It feels icky to stab my family, or it feels icky to sleep somewhere right. where, or it feels icky to sleep in, to wear pajamas that Charles Manson once wore. Those, those and so this, this, um, this is the political divide. And he says that conservatives, uh, dramatically trend to be more intuitionist. And intuitionism lines up with, you know, superstitious thinking and conspiracy theories and, and things like that. Liberals tend to be more rationalists and, and they have less of that, right? Less fundamentalism, less, less of these things. Now, he, he makes an interesting point. Like, I don't think he, he's fully understands, um, like, he, he makes a few diversions in his book where, where uh, I don't think he's, he's quite thought this through. For example, he says, now, there are some conservative ex exceptions, like if you look at uh, Reason Magazine or, or uh, the Cato Institute, these are right-wing organizations that are, are very rational. Uh, but right there, he's pointing out two libertarian institutes, right, that, mm. that are rational. And we wouldn't, you know, you and I wouldn't necessarily say libertarianism is synonymous with conservatism. Uh, right. And, and so here's my theory on this. If, if we look at Jonathan Haidt's work on moral psychology, he's done a big research study on, on the per personality and moral psychology of, of libertarians. 
And what he's found is that libertarians as a cohort have a much higher, um, are much higher on cognition and rationality than both liberals and conservatives. So mm. if we're looking at a spectrum of between who's rational and who's not, um, conservatives are less rational than liberals who are less rational than libertarians. And we see more of this intuitionism in conservatives. Like, I just feel like there are, there's a new world order out there. I just feel like there are things, unseen forces controlling us. I just feel like Bill Gates is out to get us with this vaccine. Right. That, that, now, here's the thing. Um, while their conservatives also have a an intuition towards small government this is my hypothesis conservatives generally have an they're generally mistrustful of government and they have an intuition towards small government they don't have any strong um like rational ethical uh reason for wanting small government they just feel like they want it right so there's mm. whereas libertarians so quite often small government conservatives more and more are calling themselves libertarian as liber libertarians or libertarian leaning or whatever and so for example um you know the ppc uh in canada here is is I've, i see a disproportionate number of them kind of hawking conspiracy theories uh now these are people that would might describe themselves or be identified as libertarians uh, but they're really more like conservatives who are who are have an intuition against government. They're like, ooh, government just feels icky or something like that, and that's why they don't like it. So I think that group of libertarians, for sure, you're going to see more. So, anyways, I thought it was interesting here, and and it to me, uh, it's starting to put the pieces together as to why why it is that I'm I have this. Um, trepidation about libertarians who are libertarians because they have an intuition against small government or something like that or right you, you know so what we're talking about here is really small government conservatives who are kind of superstitious so i have a i have a lot to throw at you but i'm interested yeah, i'm interested to know how much of rand's works you've read i know you know some of rand's works because um Basically, one, I could have guessed right away that I would fall on the rationalism side because um, that's always been my tendency. And objectivism talks quite a bit about rationalism as well, because many objectivists tend to be rationalists. Um, but I don't, I'm not clear on these on the definitions in terms of how this author uses them. But right away, I wanted to kind of contrast uh, objectivism. Has, so it's important to separate rationalism from rational like rationality is different from rationalism. And there's, I'm not sure how, I'm gonna confuse something because I'm not exactly clear on this, but objectivism often contrasts rationalism from empiricism and also rationalism right. from intrinsicism. Mm. And so rationalism is we have ideas in the sky and, you know, I can figure out the ideas and knowledge is just a bunch of deductions, one from the other. And if you can prove something, it doesn't matter what reality shows. Um, and that's just, you know, but we can prove it, right? It's in the, like the theory is sound and it's logical. So it has to be true, right. detached from facts. Whereas empiricism is no, like only look at the facts and theories don't matter at all. It's only look at, you know, only look at evidence and what I see is, is what I know and that's it. And I recently listened to a lecture and he said, actually, if you push rationalism too far, it becomes 
mysticism. And if you push empiricism too far, it becomes skepticism. So it's interesting that that right. is how you see yourself. You are more based on evidence and you're more of a skeptic, whereas other people who have these ideas of what things should be, they become more bought into these conspiracies, which is you know almost a form of mysticism, right? Like they just know it's true they, because it, it all right. fits. And, and especially right, right. conspiracy theories, like they tend to, the good ones do fit well right. together. Like this all makes sense in right. its own environment. And then just yeah, quickly, and, 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 and okay, go ahead, go ahead. Just quickly, the other intrinsicism. So rationalism is still like idea, like truth exists in like ideas only, whereas intrinsicism holds truth exists in the things themselves. Right. So it's a bit different than empiricism. Empiricism is more about the method, whereas intrinsicism is about, no, 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 like the, the water bottle's essence of water bottleness is in the bottle or something like that. Right. And Rand right. basically yeah. presents these as false alternatives that for all of history, it's been you're either one or the other. And Rand tries to propose objectivism as the alternate, the alternative. And that's why it's mm -hmm. also funny that I kind of was not quite in either because I'm kind of like just trying to be objective about it. And both are fine to me most of the time. Right. So it's, that was interesting. So that's my intro right, right. to my thinking on, on this topic. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if I have um, the the author's definition of the two here. I think, you know, rationalism to him is kind of the opposite of the intuitionism. Says most people are kind of a combination of both. But the example he uses of intuitionism is his son was scared that there was a monster in his closet. And his dad was kind of like, well, okay, um, why do you think there's a monster in the closet? Like he was trying to rationalize his son through what, what would make him think that? He said, well, if there's not a monster in the closet, why am I so afraid? Right. Right. And, and it's like, well, how, how do I counter right. that? Right. And, 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 and he used that as an example of why it's so difficult to have rational conversations with people who are kind of, uh, like person their personality is inclined towards intuitionism because they're speaking almost a completely different language than you or I might speak about about whether there's a monster in the closet or not right and so I think like when you say intuitionism what comes to mind is the term Ayn Rand would use is emotionalism right because where do intuitions really come from emotions right I feel this is true it's my if it's not a thought, it's an, it's an emotion. And those are the only two things that really uh, can, I mean, emotions don't give you information, but those are the only two things that people try to get information from. And, but she holds the exact, like, intense rationalism and mysticism are also just emotionalism. If it's not based in facts, right. where are you getting these ideas from? Why do you think this is true and ignoring the facts? And so it really comes down to, uh, emotionalism right and many people are driven by just emotions um and emotions aren't bad but emotionalism is bad and just like living based on uh what you feel rather than what you think sure yeah no that that's i, I think that's uh that's fair I, I mean your example you know when we went through the questions and, and it was like either the slimy cockroaches or stabbing family picture six times uh you're like well i'd do either of them right but um that's because maybe you don't have any any uh care whether your hand gets slimy or not right right Most people might care whether their hand gets slimy 
but an intuitionist would say, well, yeah, but I care about stabbing this picture of my family more than that, right? Even though there's no, what stabbing your family six times going to do? It's not like your hand's going to get slimy. It's not like anything's right. going to happen to your family. It's not like you've, you know, the, the only reason you would not want to stab that as opposed to put your hand in the cockroach is, is kind of a magical reasoning or superstitious reasoning. Right. And, and all of the scenarios, they were pretty clearly that either here's like a mildly uncomfortable situation or something that is just in your head that you don't like. Right. Um, right. And so that's why for most of the things that are also mildly uncomfortable, I just don't care. And I know they're temporary and I can deal with the discomfort because I'm a Zen Buddhist, but not actually. Right. But, right, uh, right, right. but um, no. So. So I, I, I also have an issue with saying it's like an innate in someone's personality because, again, objectivism and Ayn Rand would argue, and I agree, that it's, uh, it's actually about conscious philosophical convictions. Like people can choose to follow their emotions or not. I mean, most people don't consciously make that choice. But even what your intuitions are is from your subconscious philosophical premises. Some people will feel... Uh, you know, bad about this. Some people will intuit this and some people will intuit that. Um, but so it's not that just some people are one, some people are the other. I, I think it's about, you know, the philosophy they follow either explicitly or implicitly. And people can shift quite a bit as well. And I'm sure in, in I, maybe people do have some sort of tendencies, but to say, you know, one versus the other, is deterministic, right? Like, oh, you can't become rational or more rational. Um, and one thing that I'm trying to make the connection, and I'm not quite clear on it in my head, but the same way that I think uh, objectivism would hold that the extreme of either rationalism or empiricism, uh, you know, are basically like just disconnection from reality. And it's like a horseshoe, the same like politics, right? So you're saying like one is liberal, more conservative, one is more liberal, but really it's a horseshoe and libertarian is, is the different point. So I think that's the political realm, but that's what Rand claims about all of philosophy basically, is that there's a false alternative presented in the nature of the universe and the nature of thinking and the nature of morality. And really it's a horseshoe and objectivism and, you know, libertarianism as a political offshoot, let's say, are the thing that is, no, this is a false alternative. And so right. that's what well, my yeah, mind and, jumps and, to. Absolutely. And, and I think there's definitely some truth to that. Like, so, for example, liberals who the author would put as rational, um, you know, they, they haven't, like, if you take things from empiricism or let's say utilitarianism or what works, right. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an unconscious um, first principle you're operating from. There's, there's like, why would I care about public health versus my individual liberty? Right. right? So, so if I'm looking at public policy, I'm going from first principles and saying whatever maximizes my freedom uh, is good. And someone else might say, well, that doesn't work because the main concern should be um, how many collective deaths we have in society or something right. like that, not your liberty or something. And, and so to me, I'm, uh, that is a sign that someone hasn't thought deeply about what their first principles are, about right. what works, about what, why, why it is that that, uh, that uh, metric of utilitarianism ought to be better than some other metric or something like that. So to me, um, 
that, that this is why libertarians or objectivists are a hyper-rationalist in that they've gone layers deeper and said, okay, w- what are my assumptions here? And are those assumptions themselves logical, rational, comport with reality, you right. know, uh, non-contradictory and all these other things? But most people don't do that extra work. And so this is what I think high um, personality profile or, or morality uh, research has uncovered is why uh, and he puts Rand in the libertarian camp. He uses some of Rand's thing to outline libertarian ideology. So objectivists would fall under the libertarian rubric that he has. Yeah. Um, this is why they're, he calls them uh, more rational, or he actually calls it hyper-masculine thinking. Um, because Rand would take that as a compliment. Right, right. Um, so... And so I guess the point, the reason I want to bring this up was a because I just found it fascinating that um, because I I was trying to put this together like why is it that it seems like libertarians there's liber- people that are identified as libertarians that are super out there with the five G rhetoric right now and mm. you know it does kind of bug me because it's like I'm trying to <laughs> promote super clear thinking and rational thinking right now. And these people are, are just throwing mud in that. And right. my brand is kind of being attached to that somehow. And I was trying to figure out why it is that, that, you know, and now, and now yeah. I think I figured out why it is. So that was interesting. And now the next thing is, okay, well, how do we get people who are intuitionists to um, embrace rationality? Right. And I think that's a diff- separate conversation maybe, but, but it's, it's probably a very important one. It's super important if we want to see a change in this world. Well, yeah. And I mean, based on what I've read, Rand's opinion of the libertarian movement is that it can't fix this problem because if it holds liberty as a primary good, as the fundamental good, people can value it for all sorts of contradictory reasons from one another. Right. 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 Um, And so that, and, and, you know, that's why she didn't like the movement is because it divorces the liberty from the fundamental roots. And so you and some libertarians deeply care about that, but the movement as a whole doesn't, right? If you want to advance liberty, you want to advance liberty. And I mean, that's sort right. of the inherent pragmatism of politics, right? We want as many people. So what are our, fun, like, what do we view as, you know, the essence of what we're fighting for? Um, and so... I think like, yeah, that's the, and I mean, that's why objectivists don't like being uh, related to the libertarians is that exact branding thing. Like mm-hmm. there's no, there's no metric. There's no rules around who's a libertarian or not. Uh, anyone who right. claims they are because they're pro liberty. So it's like, well, no, but Rand does not stand for the, the conspiracy theorists or the hardcore uh, religionists who just want to be free to have their cult or whatever right so um that's why there's such kind of like this um yeah vibrant and meanwhile I, and meanwhile my my worry about being uh attached to objectivists is that uh they're they they have some irrational blind spots like intellectual property and the state or something like that they don't take rand's um uh methodology or you know or objectivist uh philosophy they come to the wrong conclusions Right. But I think that is more, that is something that's, I think that those problems, if they are problems, I mean, you can't change objectivism because that's 
her philosophy, right. right? The name of her philosophy, but you can make arguments that that is wrong and, and, right. and things and I, like that. And I, think it, I think it might be a fundamental flaw too with objectivism is that this idea that, that uh, property derives from your thoughts or something like that, right? So there, there's this idea, like Rand put so much emphasis on your thoughts um, being the, 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 the basis for property rights or something like that. There's a connection between those. Um, well, and it's, and it's more like a tangential connection, I think. I mean, um, like the right to life is the fundamental right. And it's the right to sustain your life is why you need property rights is because that is the way that you sustain yeah. your life is by producing. Um, and that is related. And so it's like, she directly relates why force is evil to um, like the way your mind works and that you can't use your reason under coercion. So I, but I mean, I think like, yeah, agree or disagree on Rand's base, but the argument is that you need a base. So like yeah. maybe a liber and I don't have any firsthand knowledge of the libertarian philosophers, but they have many different bases. So the argument in Rand's view that as I understand right. it would be, well, no, if you really want a political movement, you have to figure out, you have to do the work, which, which of these main libertarian thinkers is actually right. And that is what I build a movement around and that, and, yeah. and you, and you bring people to that. So yeah, I'm not saying you have to think Rand's view is the right base, but Right. trying to have a bunch of different bases all and then you just invite everyone in so the fundamental isn't liberty the fundamental is right. liberty for some reason right yeah yeah um, yeah no no that that's exactly it and and you know uh you know i came at it from rand to rothbard to where i'm at now right because i think rand got it mostly right and then rothbard refined the contradictions i was having difficulty reconciling with objectivism um, and, and, you know, some people have, have built on Rothbard's work like Stefan Kinsella and Hoppe and different people like that. Uh, so I, I, you know, to me, it's been an evolution of philosoph of trying to be philosophically consistent where I think most people or a lot of people come to it because, um, they, they don't like the fact that government stops them from smoking pot or, or right. owning guns or, or, you know, they think the government was behind, um, 9-11 and different things like that right and right and i and i think the the argument again isn't that everyone in whatever party you create let's say if it's not the libertarian party has to buy into the whole philosophy right movements right. are made by intellectual minorities but you have to be consistent right so the actual leadership has to be consistent and on the same page whereas you couldn't have in the leadership you know i don't know the you're a Rothbard, he's a Nozick, this one's a Rand, and, and you disagree, then there's no kind of continuity and no, uh, no direction. And there's always people who, like, I mean, there are objectivists who claim to be, you know, religion, uh, like religious and stuff. Um, and so it's like, well, they're not going to be leaders in the objectivist movement, but they're, to the degree they agree with objectivist principles, that's good still, right? But it's it's right. in it's in the leadership, I think, and in the intellectual movements, um, right? Like that, it's important. But libertarian has always been this kind of big liberty tent, let's say, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, it is it is, it would it is hard for me to engage in purges, right? Uh, like, um, yeah, I guess yeah. that's fairly regular in objectivism. Would you say or? 
No, not that I know of, but like, there's also no like party of objectivism. Objectivism, like right. the, the but, big... but there there was an there's an ARI institute, and isn't there another objectivist institute? Wasn't there some big split? There was some the split, institute? yeah. Um, and so the other institutes called like the Atlas Society, but it was under it was along a, a fundamental issue uh, of can the philosophy of objectivism change or not? Right. Right. And the, the idea that ARI holds, that I hold, is no, objectivism is the philosophy of Ayn Rand. She created this thing. You don't have to agree with it, but if you disagree, then it's not objectivism. Whereas they're saying, no, objectivism can change over time. But it's funny is- because it, what, what you're saying reminds me exactly of what my pastor used to say about uh, different religious sects like um, Jehovah's Witness and Seventh day Adventists. They would say, well, listen. The Bible never changes; it's the truth. And these other uh, other religious sects have what we call an evolving theology. In other words, their their mm. beliefs have changed over time. Whereas his claim was that there's one fundamental truth, and that never changes. And so that you know we we believe the same thing Jesus believed, or something like that. Um, well, so I I don't think that's the direct analogy. It's more so this is what Ayn Rand said, right? It's not that objectivism is true. It's that objectivism right. is what she said it is because that's the name she gave to her philosophy right so if you have different views like people can't argue now that aristotle's views are changing that aristotelian philosophy is different based on what they think aristotle would have thought about something right right like it doesn't really make sense to me in that lens i think i think i might i think i might be with the the other group on this that um you know, if it was called Randianism or something like that, then it shouldn't be changed. It should never change. But I think if you no, notice that there's some contradiction. The object, right. She chose while she was alive. I don't like the name Randianism. I'm going to call it objectivism instead. Like she consciously made that decision. Gotcha. Right. So it's that's just a right. nomenclature thing. But yeah, hmm. that's unfortunate because now it's stuck with these um, uh conflict or incoherent little mistakes she made um forever but you can come up with a new philosophy right like and and it can largely be the same you can take everything that was good she built off of aristotle like philosophers build off of each other it's not like you have to derive everything from scratch but you take here's what's really good and here's my here's tim moen's philosophy it's largely objectivist but it's not objectivism or whatever right but that's the way right. I view it. Like I, I, I call mine correct objectivism. Correctivism. Ob- objective objectivism. I've thought about what I'd call my, <laughs> my philosophy if, if and when it varies from Rand's. But, um, but I think, you know, I'm, I, going back to your book, like I do think right away the fact that he would just kind of call liberals more rational on average, like that seems to even notify me that he – has like he tends to be more liberal if he thinks they're more rational because many people would argue liberals right now aren't very rational and in each in different realms people tend to be more or less rational and also rational is different from rationalism right and logic is different from rationality um like many conspiracy theories are logical that doesn't make them rational yeah no that's that's fair. I, he de- definitely has some blind spots, um, but you know it, it does comport with um, Jonathan Hyde's work. Um, 
you know, they, they have metrics for determining whether you're thinking intuitionally or rationally or, you know, uh, compassionately versus cognitively, you know, there, there's, they would have clear definitions of these things, um, yeah. you know, and, and, and you can test cohorts against intuitionism, right. And see that intuitionism is lower in this cohort. Uh, but his blind spot is that, um, you but know, again, I, he has a blind spot when it comes to libertarians, for sure. So I don't really trust the word intuitionism because, like, intuition isn't a thing, in my opinion. And what I would call intuition is my automatized rationality because I've trained myself that way. But for a lot of people, their intuition is just their emotion. And it still is an issue right. for me sometimes that it's like it's hard when, when you're just going by, quote, intuition – to know exactly how much is rational, how much isn't. But for me, my intuition is far more rational than the average person's intuition because yeah. I've been well, obsessed and, and with I think rationality someone, and, for I, a and long I think time. someone who believes that uh, 5G is causing these viruses would probably make the same claim, right? That they've right. researched and, this and they thought about it rationally and that this is right. Them. And, 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 they're, and now they've, they've trained it to such a, a heightened awareness that they can sense, they can see patterns of conspiracy all right. over the place, and Epstein, uh, Weinstein, uh, you know, you, you name right. it, they, they can, they sense their, their finely tuned sense and they can say, well, it's based on years of rationally thinking about this and exposing the evidence and stuff like that. Right. Right. So, yeah. And that's why uh, rationality that's, is a, it's a process, right? It's a being rational is a commitment to using reason commitment to yes. using a, a certain methodology. And so any sort of, intuitionism would mean you're not actually doing that you're just trusting your gut and so to right. me um that's probably worse than rationalism but rationalism is also bad because you're only playing with thoughts in the air right like thoughts in the sky what is true uh what is logical what if it all connects it must be true um whereas just because things don't contradict in their in your head doesn't mean they're they don't contradict the facts of reality. So, I mean, yeah. Let's say I, I don't. I've not been convinced to read this book, right? Like, I don't think. Yeah. Um, there seems to be. Uh, oh, that's fair. But you know, you, you you do have to admit that there is, there are people that are very conspiratorial. You know. Alex Jones, for example, yeah, uh, people that see, uh, you know, the, these hidden forces are behind everything. There's puppet masters pulling the string. There's a certain type. That, I mean, there does seem like there is a certain type of person or personality type. They share similar traits. And to me, it's very interesting to try to figure out what that is because, right. um, you know, I, I'm trying to avoid it, first of all, my own life. Right. And um, I want to identify what that is. Um, but there are like all this stuff does have to be taken with a grain of salt. This guy clearly has a liberal bias, let's say. Yeah. Uh, he puts libertarians in the same camp as conservatives, which I think is a mistake. I think they're right. a separate thing altogether, just like, well, and objectivists are in that camp. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, it reminds me of George Lakoff wrote this, um, what he called the strict, had what he called the strict father model, where he said conservatism comes from. Uh, a family environment where you have a strict father, where it's a patriarchal environment, right? Mm -hmm. And um, he argued for a more blended approach, but he also failed to completely notice in that book that the fact that 
could it be that liberalism is a result of uh, a matriarchal environment or something like that? Um, and you know, where you have a single mums, and you know, the evidence seems to comport with that as well. So, so, but he completely that's a complete blind spot to him. He can't imagine how his liberalism could be anything but super rational thinking, right? And so, that like you've used this assessment a lot of like conservatism wants the daddy, liberalism wants the mommy, yeah. and I've never made the connection that it that actually lines up with the theory that everything is philosophical, right? And it's just what is the philosophy you're brought up with? How do your how does your dad act? And you think, well, that's the way the world should work. That's what I need right. in my life, or your mom. And so it's yeah. the implicit philosophy people get based on their a big source is how you're raised, what your family environment is, and the society at large. And so that makes a lot more sense to me than there's sort of some innate intuitionism or rationalism. I think that theory. Well, I mean, your, your personality, it, it, there is, there are clear, I mean, personality traits do seem to be um, like, it, it's pretty clear that by the time you're an adult, that you have a certain personality traits. There's the big five. I can't remember what they are. See, Peterson talks yeah. about this stuff. Hyde talks about this stuff. I, and yeah, I want to put a pause. We've been running long and I think this is a whole other topic yeah. that I'm really actually interested okay. in because I, I think I'll strongly disagree. So I think I, I look forward to hearing what I say about right. this in the next podcast. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm going to come loaded with ammo. So be ready, buddy. All right. Uh, do you have anything else last on, on this book or any, any takeaways you want for people? We've kind of gone all over the place a bit, but I think it's been really interesting no. to kind of talk about these topics. I, I'm, I'm trying to digest what my takeaway from this is. It's just, I've just found it fascinating and I'm like, hmm, what does this mean? And I think what it means to me is, okay, how do we, how do we first of all ensure that, <laughs> ensure that I'm thinking rationally and how do I think about um, eliminating the, what the author calls intuitionism or, or rationalizing by emotion or something like that, mm -hmm. or by gut feel and think about things logically, consistently, and then, then once I do that, how do I, how do I connect with others who are really stuck in this kind of um, intuitionist type thinking and, right. and can't reason their way out of it? How, how do we approach that? So that, that's, those are questions that I'm mulling over and yeah. I don't have an answer for. The, the, the thing I'll add as my last thought on that note is there's be like, be wary of the arbitrary, right? And so, in in Rand's definition, arbitrary is when something is disconnected from facts and it's disconnected in a person's mind. So when you're talking to someone, you can try and get an understanding of, are they trying to understand this? Are they trying to understand why they think it? Or is it just what they think? And when yeah. it's just what yeah, they yeah. think, Absolutely. that is when it's not even worth trying really because you if they don't yeah. even know where they got it from and they're not willing to try and introspect that you can't get anywhere. That's and true. I think that's, although, although people like Peter, although people like Peter Bogosian have, have put out tools that can help shake people out of that a little bit, right? Like you can get it, people yeah. thinking about their belief itself. You can ask some questions that get them to think about their beliefs, like on a scale of one if, to 10, how sure are you that right. 5G are causing that an eight? Okay. What would make it a six? Um, or what would make it a 10? 
But I'm sure uh, there are some people those two who, questions, and then they right. have to think about why they think about what they're thinking, right? So, but some people would be closed down. Like I'm sure there are Christians who would say, "No, what do you mean? Sure. I, there, there's no six or eight. It's a ten. It's a ten. It's a ten. Jesus is real, right? right? So, like, yeah. All right. Before yeah, but, we, you, but I remember when I was a hardcore Christian, if you'd asked me that question, you would have planted a seed of doubt in my mind. Okay, yeah, what would make it? A, Need. What would cause in you, you but not in everyone necessarily, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe that's true. Uh, right. Because they have some innate personality, I guess, right? They're just thanks. that way. Or no, thanks, <laughs> oh, Tim. Right. Bye, dude.